You are listening to The Dollop. This is an American history podcast. Each week, I read a story from American history to my friend, Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is about. Nor does he know his name. It's Gareth. Gareth is my fucking name. Gareth is my goddamn motherfucking name. Gary! Goddamn! God, you want to look at a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary, Gareth. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. Um, good. So good for you. Way to keep that. So that's a good. That was good to be on top to of things. That was good to be on top of things like you just were. Thank you. I and what's nice is I know you mean that. January first, eighteen eighty. Ooh, the eighties. Elmer McCurdy was born to an unwed teenage mother, seventeen-year-old Sadie McCurdy, whose family gave the infant Elmer to her brother George and his wife to raise. Okay, that's what you did back then. Yep. Hide the shame. Give him a horrible name. Give him to your brother. George died of tuberculosis in 1890. Awesome. So when he was 10. That's cool for him. <clears throat> when he was a teenager, Elmer was told... Shows at 10.30 on the 6th. Oh, shows at 10.30 on April the 6th. 6th, 10.30 p.m. When he was a teenager, Elmer was told his aunt was actually his mom, which he did not take well. <laughs> Most don't. McCurdy grew resentful and became, quote, unruly and rebellious. He began to drink heavily and eventually ran away. Okay. He tried several jobs working as an apprentice plumber, <clears throat> and then with his grandfather's as a plumber. Okay. He was into the pipes. Yep. So he must have come back. But then an economic downturn came, and he was laid off. Then in 1900, his mother died of a ruptured ulcer. Hmm. Not soon after, his grandfather died of kidney disease. So everyone's just fucking toast at this Fun point. Fun time for him. He left his hometown and started drifting around. What else are you going to do? Yeah, that's Start all you the do. Drifting. Your name's Elmer. You've got yep. no one. Fucking drift. He got jobs as a plumber and a miner, but he had a hard time holding down a job because of his drinking. I like... Dave, I'm going to say this right now. Mm-hmm. I like the elements that are in play. It's all coming together, right? I like what I'm hearing yep. for the most there's, part there's here. Always, there's set, always a weird a, a weird, <laughs> a death in the family. A death of someone at a young age yeah. always leads to so some something shit. Something super impactful at a yeah. young age that's negative, and then it leads to drinking, and then it leads to fun. And there's going to be some good, good decisions made. I'm excited to hear what Elmer's doing. In 1905, he was arrested for public intoxication, which how hard is it in 1905 to get arrested for you public intoxication? You have to be oh my like God. fucking a liquor bottle. Yeah. So drink, drink whiskey, penis. Oh, you Sir. like this? Sir. In 1907, he joined the U.S. Army. <laughs> I like that that's next. What else is he going to do? Dude, that's what you do, bro. He was assigned to Fort Leavenworth. McCurdy was a machine gun operator and was trained to use nitroglycerin for demolition purposes. Uh, okay. Now, I will just say again, uh-huh. there's a buzzword I yeah. think we're going to be talking about soon. <laughs> <laughs> he was honorably discharged on November 7th, 1910. After leaving the Army, McCurdy and friend Walter Shapelrock were arrested for possession of tools used for burglary. Those tools included chisels, hacksaws, Funnels for nitroglycerin and gunpowder and money sacks. 
Wow. I mean, money sacks is like they just read a comic book. I assume that it's just a big sack with a dollar sign on the side. If it's not, I'll be extremely let down. And on the other side, it says, for stealing. Yeah, yeah, for (laughs) stealing money. McCurdy and his friend told the judge the tools were not intended for burglary purposes, but were tools they needed to work on a foot-operated machine gun they were inventing. Is that... So the chisels, hacksaws, funnels for nitroglycerin, gunpowder, and money sacks. <laughs> but is that even like? Is I'm just that... gonna. But I'm just gonna go back one more time. Chisels. Yeah. Hacksaws, funnels for nitroglycerin and gunpowder, and money sacks. So they were using that. Yeah. To They're build MacGyvers, a... <laughs> dude. They'll figure it out. McCurdy was found not guilty by a jury in January 1911. God bless our legal system. <laughs> God bless it. <laughs> Awaiting trial, he met a man named Walter Jarrett. After being released, McCurdy met up with Jarrett. Jarrett gave McCurdy the nickname Missouri McCurdy. Which he was under the impression rhymed. <laughs> they set out to be bank robbers, but they were not very good at it. They often blew up the money with the nitroglycerin used to blast open the safe. It turns out McCurdy had only received minimal training with nitroglycerin <laughs> when he was in the army. Can you imagine being like the bank manager who comes in the next day? It's just like, did they just blow it up? Everything's blown up. They just blew up the money? Well, everything's blown up. Just anarchists? In March 1911, McCurdy and three men decided to rob the Iron Mountain, Missouri Pacific train. They successfully stopped the train and located the safe. McCurdy then put nitroglycerin on the safe's door to open it, but he used too much. Jesus Christ, just a little dab, bro. The safe was destroyed in the in the blast, as was the majority of the money. Wouldn't you err on the caution yes. on the side of caution yes. with less? You can put more on. Yeah, you can put you can more on put after. More on. Yeah. McCurdy and his partners managed to net four hundred and fifty dollars in silver coins, most of which were melted. Cool. <laughs> you guys take um, melted money? Y'all take chunks? Yeah, yeah, all right. So right here you can see I have about a dollar and a quarter. This is about this is about 50 coins. Now they're all one here. And in, How in much of this melted shape. silver for a pack of smokes? In September 1911, McCurdy and two men robbed the Citizens Bank in Chautauqua, Kansas. Lovely. They spent two hours breaking through the bank wall with a hammer. Okay. So far, I like the plan. Yeah. McCurdy then placed a nitroglycerin charge on the vault. The blast blew the vault door through the bank, destroying the interior of the bank, <laughs> but did not damage the safe inside the vault. Oh, God. McCurdy then tried to blow the safe door open with nitroglycerin, but the charge failed to ignite. Then the lookout man got scared and ran off. That's a good lookout man right there. <laughs> well, well, I don't like what I'm looking out for. I would, I would be watching it and going, yeah, I'm out of here. I would, be, I would be like, this man has only burned money. I'm not going with him. McCurdy and his accomplices stole about $150 in coins that were in a tray outside the safe. Ah, <laughs> uh, jackpot, baby. This is the score we've been talking about. The coin thieves. One more of these and we can buy something like a TV. They don't like bills. Yeah. Later that night, the men hopped a train, which took them to the Kansas border. They split up. McCurdy made his way to the ranch of a friend, Charles Charlie Rivard in Oklahoma. He stayed in a hay shed on the property for the next few weeks and drank heavily. Nice. That's the kind of house guest you want. That's the guy you want out there in the hay shed. Yep. Just a a drunk man. So 
maybe the house isn't the right place for you. How do you feel about just getting blackout drunk in the hay shed for just a couple weeks? Go ahead and lay out there in the in the. There's hay. There's, there's hay, whiskey. Uh, more hay. There's hay, so you can just be there. In October 4th, 1911, in Oklahoma, McCurdy and two men planned to rob a train after hearing that it contained $400,000 in cash. Oh, dude, that's 150. Yeah. Right there, that's, ready to yeah. go. 150 bucks. It was intended as a royalty payment to the Osage Nation. To the what? American Indian oh. tribe. But the men stopped a passenger train instead. So, so they got they stopped the wrong train. Uh, cool. Cool. The All sp- right, man. Everything's coming together. <laughs> the spectacular robbery netted them $46. Woo! Two demijohns of whiskey, which is, uh, I think, like five gallons of whiskey. Oh, dude, that's like 200000 right there. An automatic revolver, a coat, and the train conductor's watch. A coat and a watch? Boom! Boom! That's worth it. Same thing as four hundred k. That's the same thing. I don't know. I, there's not much of a difference, really. McCurdy was disappointed by the haul. Why? And returned to Rivard's ranch on October 6th, where he be- began binge drinking the Demijohns of whiskey. <laughs> so, he's ba- so, so he's back in the hay, the hay it, shed. It is, a, it is a little telling that the biggest thing, the best thing he's stole, stolen so far was two giant things of whiskey. Yeah, and that coat. And the coat, right. <laughs> By this time, he was also ill with tuberculosis, a oh, mild cool. case of pneumonia, and trichinosis. I know what trichinosis is. Trichinosis is, is where a, you convince that, your buddies that you know how to rob, and you the, actually don't. Isn't it the thing where you pick at yourself all the time? Is that what it is? Nah, I don't know. No, 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 that's pickinosis. <laughs> <laughs> he stayed up drinking with some of the ranch hands before going to sleep in the hayloft the following morning. In the early morning hours of October 7th, the posse of three sheriffs tracked McCurdy to the hay shed using bloodhounds. Yeah, who smelled bourbon? They were like, they- find bourbon. <laughs> Find alcohol, dogs. They surrounded the hay shed and waited for daylight. Sheriff Bob Fenton recalled. It began just around 7 o'clock. We were standing around waiting for him to come out when the first shot was fired at me. It missed me, and then he turned his attention to my brother, Stringer Felton. He shot uh, three times at Stringer. And when my brother got undercover, he turned his attention to Dick Wallace. He kept shooting at all of us for about an hour. We fired fired back every time we could. We do not know who killed him. We found out we found one of the jugs of whiskey, which was taken from the train. It was about empty. He was pretty drunk when he rode up to the ranch last night. McCready was killed by a single gunshot wound to the chest, which he sustained while lying down. He was dead at the age of thirty-one. Quite a quite a run. Do you like that story? From top to bottom, quite a run. Wait. Huh? Well. What? There's more. <laughs> <laughs> but no one ever claimed Elmer's body. He had no family. He didn't even have any friends who oh, cared fuck. enough what to give a, him a memorial. What's, what, what's <laughs> Dave? And so Joseph L. Johnson, a funeral director, took his body, preserving it with a huge amount of embalming fluid laced with arsenic, effectively mummifying him. Johnson was so proud of his handiwork that he stood Elmer up on two feet right in his funeral parlor and charged people money to come see him. Five what, cents. What What the fuck? Five cents to see the body of Elmer McCurdy. Imagine going into a funeral and seeing an embalmed standing man. I'm here to bury my mom. Hey, if you're looking at that, give me a nickel. <laughs> come on now, buddy. No stealing looks, Elmer. The payment was placed in Elmer's open mouth. I'm sorry? <laughs> 
That's where you put the money. It's like a, it's like a slot. Except it's a human man's mouth. Okay, well, there's different kinds of slots. Uh, the idea, it's uh, the idea that you could have something more fucked up uh-huh. following the fact that there's a standing embalmed dead person uh-huh. in a funeral home. Okay, well, you're not fun. I- I'm not fun. You're not fun. I'm not fun. I'm not the kind of guy you want to go put nickels in dead people's mouth. I don't put nickels in corpses' heads. Okay, well, don't, come to, don't come to one of my parties. I'm not going to. The Undertaker, the Undertaker named him the bandit that wouldn't give up. <laughs> At one point, Johnson's. Children, oh God! Put roller skates on Elmer, no, and no, rolled no, no, him no, about no. chasing smaller children as a prank. <laughs> I mean, come on, Dave, that's pretty great. So now it's weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> we're fucking like, yes, we're having it's really roller, weekend at Bernie's. Roller skate around. Have you met my friend Elmer? <laughs> oh, close his mouth or the change will drop out. Eventually, a man claiming to be Elmer's long-lost brother showed up at the funeral parlor, incensed, demanding to get his brother's body back so he could give him a decent burial and preserve his tarnished dignity. And he took Elmer away. But oh boy. Elmer didn't have a brother. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> who, who do we root for now? Nope. Two weeks later... Elmer popped up as the main attraction at a carnival in West Texas. Wait, wait, wait. So this what? fucking asshole huh? just goes, yeah, uh-huh, mm-hmm. just goes to the funeral home, yeah. gets pissed. Yeah. He's like on a moral high ground. Yeah. He takes it and he's just like, I'm going to do the same thing, but I'll take it on tour. Yeah, man. Cool. Just wanted to catch up. These are carny rules. Yeah, which are great rules. Elmer then went on a tour throughout the country as an attraction with a carnival known as Great Patterson Shows. He was often displayed as the same The Bandit Who Wouldn't Give Up or The Famous Oklahoma Outlaw. Elmer made the rounds on a sideshow and carnival circuits, headlining next to bearded ladies and five-legged pigs. Headlining? Yeah, he was a headliner. Okay. And while he was subjected to a number of injustices during the tour, including the time a guy ripped off his arm oh my and, God. Ch- and chased his secretary around the office with it. What, 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 what time was this okay? <laughs> this, was, this is not all right. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, I got you the look on your face when I almost hit you with that dead bandit's <laughs> arm. Elmer, Elmer was achieving a type of immortality. Uh, he went down in history as a cowboy and a train robber, and even though he'd never successfully blown a safe in his lifetime, Elmer's hard, wrinkled body was placed next to the exhibit of Billy the Kid. This just is the time because, when you but, went and looked at dead people. Yeah, but that's just because... <laughs> now we have photos online. Yeah. His time in sideshows went on for years, till the late 1960s. He... he uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know that's real. That's a real. I, uh, By this time, Elmer had been passed from hand to hand. His value lessening each time as a traveling freak show. Carnivals had become I mean, gimmicky and unfashionable. B- it's bullshit. He's <laughs> that he's like that he's having like a bad career now. Like he he was a popular well, corpse, and now he, people are like I've seen it. I put nickels in his mouth. What else is? Oh, next? what another corpse? Oh, here we go. Oh Jesus Christ! I get it. I can take your arm off. Your freak show is bullshit. <laughs> 
Eventually, one of his new owners drilled a hole into the back of his neck. Oh, my God. They say yellowish goo seeped out when they did so. I mean... Elmer was put into a contraception in a haunted house where he'd appear to twitch and jiggle when cars rode by. This is a human man. They called him the 3,000-year-old man. And they the would, thousand year old man, sorry. They they would have him twitch. Well, he'd so, be twitching on the little, he'd be hanging, and then they'd have a thing that would make him like jiggle. I, I mean, he'd jiggle a little bit. Yeah, okay. It, he'd jiggle like, a little bit. I, you'd ride by in the car and it, he'd jiggle. Oh, that's cool. That human man won't ever get closure on living. Then he was moved to a crime museum in Los Angeles. So okay. let me let me run down let me run down a little bit of where he was. Yeah, I also, so if you want to plug any upcoming dates he has... In 1928, he was part of the official sideshow that accompanied the Transamerica Foot Race, which was run from Los Angeles to New York. Uh, the smell. So he, was, he was like the, the official corpse of the Transamerican Foot Race. We found our dead guy. In 1933, uh, he was acquired for a time by director Dwayne Esper to promote his exploitation film Narcotic, exploitation film, Elmer was placed in the lobby of theaters as a dead dope fiend who Esper claimed had killed himself while surrounded by police after he robbed a drug store to support his habit. Oh, my God. Could you imagine going to the arc light and there's just a body there? No, no, I cannot imagine that. When the owner of Elmer died in 1949, Elmer was placed... Owner is a very unfair term for this person. (laughs) Elmer was the owner of Elmer. I disagree. (laughs) <laughs> of course, of course you do. When of the course you do. owner of Elmer died in 1949, Elmer was placed in storage in a Los Angeles warehouse. In 1964, Elmer was lent to filmmaker David F. Friedman. He eventually made a brief appearance in Friedman's 1967 film, The Freak, or She Freak. In 1968, Elmer was sold along with other wax figures for $10,000 to Spoonie Singh, the owner of the Hollywood Wax Museum. Oh, God, the wax. So, so the wax. Oh, God, it's a man. It is a man. It is. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. It's not fair. Singh had bought. <clears throat> Singh had bought Elmer for two Canadian men who exhibited them at a show at Mount Rushmore. While there, Elmer sustained damage in a windstorm. The tips of his ears, along with his fingers and toes, were blown off. Oh my fucking god! The men. So what is? Ugh. Keep going. <laughs> What? Well, what? Like, at what point does he sort of lose value? He's not even a man anymore. He's an earless, toeless, fingerless, fucking embalmed corpse. The men eventually returned McCurdy back to Singh, who decided that the corpse looked too gruesome and not lifelike enough to exhibit. Singh then sold Elmer to Ed Leersch, owner of The Pike, an amusement park in Long Beach, California. There, McCurdy's corpse was spray painted. Oh, God. In the Laugh in the Dark Funhouse exhibit at the Pike and hung there for four years. Uh. On December 8th, 1976, the production crew of the television show Six Million Dollar Man were filming scenes for the Carnival of Spies episode at the Pike. During the shoot, a prop man went to move what he thought was a paper mache mannequin that was hanging from the gallows. The crewman grabbed him, tried to pull him down from that hangman's he grabbed him and tried to pull him down, but the hangman's arm ripped off. Oh. Everyone laughed at first until they took a closer look. Inside the arm was a human bone. 
The hanged man was real, a mummified corpse. The police were called, who then called the paramedics, reporting a case of severe dehydration. Oh, oh, oh boy. <laughs> Get the IV, Charles! This man's thirsty! When the paramedics showed up, everyone had a laugh. The completely bizarre scenario made it easy for people to poke fun. But this was a corpse of a real man who had read a real life. The Los Angeles County Coroner's Office attempted to pin down exactly who this man was. Dr. Joseph Choi conducted an autopsy and determined that the body was that of a human male who had died of a gunshot wound to the chest with bullets from the turn of the century. And strangely, they also had a found a corroded penny in the man's mouth dated 1924 and several ticket stubs to a wax museum and the museum of crime in his mouth. His mouth. <laughs> his fucking mouth. Well, that's the slot. Yeah, I know the- it's the slot. <laughs> The body was completely petrified, covered in wax, and layers of phosphorus paint. It weighed approximately 50 pounds and was 63 inches in height. 50 pounds. Some hairs were still visible on the sides and back of his head, while the ears, big toes, and fingers were missing. Yeah, hey, big deal, right? The examination also revealed incisions from his original autopsy and bombing. Tests conducted on the tissue showed that the presence of arsenic, which was a component of embalming fluid in the late 1920s. Tuberculosis was found, as well as scars. The magic, uh, sorry, the bullet jacket was found, and it was determined that type was used between 1905 and 1940. Investigators then contacted the son of the man who had owned the Museum of Crime, who confirmed the body was that of Elmer McCurdy. The news of what happened to Elmer was on TV, radios, and in newspapers. Funeral homes called and offered to bury him for free, but the L.A. coroner decided to wait to see if any relatives would come to claim his body. No, don't play the relative claim body game with this fucking thing anymore. That's how it all started yeah, in the first place. Yeah, that's what got us into this mess. No! <laughs> Fred Olds, who represented the Indian Territory posse of Oklahoma Westerns, eventually convinced the coroner to allow him to bury the body in Oklahoma. On April 2nd, 1977, a funeral procession was conducted to transport McCurdy to the Boot Hill section of the Summit View Cemetery in Guthrie, Oklahoma. A graveside service attended by approximately 300 people was conducted, after which McCurdy was buried next to another outlaw, Bill Doolin, whose corpse Elmer had spent time with in sideshows. That doesn't make them friends. Well, but, yeah, I think it might. No, it doesn't. I think it's nice that they were no, reunited. they're not embalmed corpse pals. They, it's nice that they were finally put back together. <laughs> hey, old buddy! His tombstone reads, Elmer Put pennies in my mouth! <laughs> His tombstone reads, Elmer McCurdy, shot by Sheriff's Posse in Osage Hills, October 7th, 1911, returned to Guthrie, Oklahoma, from Los Angeles County, California for burial, April 22nd, 1977. That's that, 66 years of fun. And also, that's bullshit. The The tombstone should be very frank with what happened. And it should just be like, here lies Elmer, a man who was recently buried and carried on a, as an embalmed sideshow for 60 years. Never stop working. <laughs> Elmer, Elmer wouldn't quit. Cool, would not retire. <laughs> we tried, but his arm would just rip off. <laughs> We tried to get him to retire. To ensure that McCurdy's body would not be stolen, two feet of concrete was poured over the casket. It's just this poor guy. It's all or nothing. Yeah, but what's the difference? Wouldn't I would love to have my body out there torn around. What's the big deal? Well, you got to think about bodies. Like I also wouldn't mind being thrown in a body farm. No, but I 
like I've I did a bit about how I want to be stuffed. Yeah. And I want to have my catchphrases on a little sort of like keychain button on my chest. Oh yeah. But no. No. There's not there's and I look I when want, I'm dead, whatever you know, keep me up, fuck me, do whatever the fuck you want. Wow, okay, I'm not weird. Well, maybe I'm off record on. Take, <laughs> don't fuck me, but but it doesn't really matter. But when you hear this, it's just it. There's no morality. There's no. It's great. It's not great. It's not <laughs> great. There's no like how nobody at any point was like. Isn't this fucked up to just be using him to make money? I don't think so. I mean, his I brother came you know to his defense and took him on a carnival road show. I think it's a pretty great story. I think it's a story that any man would want no. for their corpse. Also, it is bullshit when people are starting to be like, ah, I don't know, kind of over the body thing. <laughs> like, you're like, this fucking motherfucker. I think you see a lot of parallels in yourself in there, and that's what's really upsetting. It's a you. classic Los Angeles tale. You're hot <laughs> one minute, the next minute you got no toes, fingers, or ears. You're out. You're hanging in a Long, a long Beach funhouse. Yeah. All right. Well, that's McCurdy. Dude, thank you so much for teaching me about him. You are welcome. That's really a sweet tale, and thank I think, you. again, it just illustrates how normal and good we always are and have been. Totally agree. Okay, man. Good talk. Good talk. Thanks so much. I'm going to get some whiskey. You betcha. Thank you. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there.